what your sounds your sounds don't make it clear what you're doing your face your ugly face does Dr. Mama's Christine Podcast welcome everybody to Dr. Mama's Christine Podcast the Christian Podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously I am your host Shane Eric how's in slow motion I know but no one else can tell I <laughs> <laughs> should have recorded it did you like that we do have a YouTube we should like record some of these things uh-huh. what I want to do is when one of us as a church has a building that can have an office just have a is to have a pod- yeah right now it's all portable so we kind of like have to do a portable so yeah. I'd like and then when we do that then we can actually just film it yeah at the same time That's because we idea. don't edit anything out of these podcasts so <laughs> it can be completely filmed there'll be no extra work it'll yeah. just be adding it to it yeah that's true have you ever seen that video of that um, little league kid playing baseball and he's on third base and he's running home and he's doing it in slow motion the yeah. whole way oh that video cracks me up yeah that's I what am. I was thinking of in my head when I did the intro <laughs> and the coach is trying to hurry him along and he keeps pushing the coach away that <laughs> yeah. is so funny yeah I've seen that <laughs> oh man uh, hey so you have a story that you are going to share. Oh, God. Because, See. all right, here's before we started, I was like, Shane, do you have anything funny that happened this week that you can share to start? And you're like, well, I have this story, but I'm saving it for a sermon. It's like, first off, most of our listeners are not part of your church. Yeah, I know, but but a lot of my church listens. And, okay. Well, and, and it's hard to get new stories to share. Well, it's it, you're not sharing it. How many, what do you think the percentage is that listens on a regular basis from your church? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. But I bet it's less from, than you think. Yeah, probably. But people from from church from my church will will be like, "Oh, I listen to the podcast this week or whatever." Like that's a regular. What thing. is it? Maybe fifteen percent. I don't know. I, I don't Just even give me a number. I got a, Make uh, it up. Seventy five. No, that's wrong. <laughs> I know that's wrong. Uh, I bet it's under fifty percent. I bet it's. I yeah, bet it's probably. under twenty five percent. Listen on a regular basis. My guess would probably be around twenty five percent, but I don't know. My guess is like. Maybe five percent <laughs> for my church or yours. My church. Um, I, I can think of like three people, maybe. That, yeah, that do yeah. like consistently. But anyways, um, so you're gonna you have a story that you're like I want to share in a sermon. So you were gonna yeah, tell. Yeah. It. So anyways, we, we have at, plenty of listeners. Okay, fine. I was at I was at um, Costco with my daughter Camden, who's four. My son Russell is one. Why does Dad love Costco so much? <laughs> He's obsessed. He gets mad at me that I don't go. It's yeah. like it's like I hurt his feelings yeah. when I when I say like. And he's like, hey, what's last time you went to Costco? I was like, ah, it's been a couple months. Like, what? Why don't you go? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, sorry. Yeah. He's and like anytime that like you buy anything, he'll be like, what did you check Costco? <laughs> it's probably better there. I got string lights in my house, and they were Costco lights. I said, Dad, they're from Costco. You're proud of me. I don't think he's ever been more proud. He was very proud. Then I bought Costco lights. Yeah. So, anyways, so maybe I'll get some. I was at Costco with my kids, no Lauren, just me and the kids, Camden and Russell, and Russell's sitting in the cart. Um, and we're checking out all of the stuff, all of the all of the food is on the belt. And so but there's somebody in front of us who's still paying. And Camden, my four year old, who's walking next to me, turns around and she goes, I gotta poop. Like that. And her stomach, like she grabs her stomach. And if you if you have young kids, mm-hmm. that's like we have to get to a bathroom now. Yeah. So she's holding the stomach, and I, and but all my stuff is on the cart, or on the belt. So I'm like, and I see the bathroom, and I say, Cam, just hold it, hold it. So she's standing in line, holding her stomach, literally, like, like she's holding her poop in, holding it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we just got to get through this line. So uh, fortunately, we get through, we pay for everything, we get over to the bathroom. I don't have Lauren with me. So and I have Russell. I can't leave him in the shopping cart outside of the bathroom. There is no family bathroom, so I have to take both of them into the men's room. So I'm holding Russell. Can't, I walk. Can't in. take the cart in. 
No, it wouldn't fit through the door. You tried? Yeah. The, the Costco carts are wide. They're too wide. <laughs> and so I was like, crap, what do I do? So I'm holding Russell. He can't walk yet. I walk in with Camden, and I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to have to figure this out. I don't know. And then we get in, two stalls, both of them filled. Uh-huh. No, nowhere for Camden to go. So we're in the bathroom, and I'm talking loudly. So the guys in the in the oh, stall, you're, you're guilting someone for their yeah, poop. I, I have a four year old <laughs> who's about to poop her pants. Doing the sink in the middle of Costco. Doing the urinal. sink. Do it. Yeah, do yeah, do. Get <laughs> a trash so can. I'm saying out loud, Camden, you have to hold it. There are people in the stalls. I know you have to poop really badly, but we have to wait. And we're sitting there waiting for another minute. And I'm like, forget this. They're not even moving in there. I don't know what they're doing. So they're probably thinking, you're not making me go fast. Yeah, probably. I'm on break. So I have Russell. I'm holding him. We walk back out. We take the cart. We go in the parking lot. There's a McDonald's in the parking lot. I put all the stuff in the car really quick, and we just drive over to the McDonald's, and that way I can leave Russell in the car. Mm-hmm. We walk in inside, inside McDonald's, and we go over to the bathroom, and it's blocked off. It said restrooms are out of use, are not allowed to be used due to COVID. Oh, yeah. McDonald's aren't open. Yeah. You can go inside and buy food, but you can't. So I'm like, no. I go to the front of the of the desk or the the counter and I say please my daughter needs to use the bathroom and she's still physically holding her <laughs> stomach and they say it's okay go ahead go ahead so I'm like oh thank goodness we get in there I get in the stall I place her on the toilet she farts she never pooped no poop <laughs> she farts and she goes I feel better <laughs> nothing else <laughs> she she didn't want to fart in front of people no and she and you know what <laughs> she she was like I don't know what this is going to be. Is it going to be a fart? Is it going to be a poop? I'm not sure, but I'm not willing to risk it. We've all been there. That's called self... Well, no, I I always just risk it. <laughs> That's the problem with me. And sometimes... Yeah. Sometimes I fail. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told Topper that story. Ex-host, RIP, poor one out. Yeah, poor one out. And, uh, and he said, I'm honestly so impressed that she was able to hold in a fart that long because we all know he can't. He can't, yeah, yeah. He can't. It's out. I, I, uh, I've gotten better at holding farts <laughs> and Erica will sure. Erica will disagree, but <laughs> Erica, if you're listening, imagine yeah. the fact that I do hold them in because I do sometimes. Uh huh. I probably hold in. Let me, th- let me make up a number: fifty percent of my farts. <laughs> if I'm around people, if I'm not around people, I'm letting them loose. But I'm around Erica. I know she gets mad about yeah. it, and sometimes out of love, I hold it in. <laughs> and sometimes I just go, "Hey, hey, you're stuck with me." <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it's a single divorce me. So deal with this part. <laughs> That's kind of like uh, our friend Jesse, yeah. uh, Jesse Happo, who some people listening know. He uh, he has to always tell you jokes, yeah. And and there are times where he's like, "Oh, I hold in like fifty percent of <laughs> of the things that popped in my head." Like we'll be in a meeting, and you could just feel him look at us from across the room yeah. because something funny popped into his head that he's, he has to tell you immediately. That's the same way you are with farts, huh? Well, I mean. What you hold them in? You don't fart don't a lot. Fart that much. You're weird. I, I, and you only <laughs> eat. And you only eat two slices of pizza. <laughs> I, I actually eat a little more. And now. you'll eat McDonald's and not eat all the fries. Yeah, I can't finish them. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I eat all the fries. Like man, I should have got nuggets too. <laughs> I'm still hungry. <laughs> Sometimes I will get nuggets in addition. Then I definitely don't eat all the fries. Oh my gosh, you're such a baby. How many? So how many slices of pizza will you eat? Two. No, no. You know what? I'll I'll probably. I, I can do a little more now. It depends on how hungry I am. It, it, if you eat the crust or not. I always eat the crust. If you don't eat the crust, you're I a know. jerk. Yeah, yeah, and you're that guy that like 
that does eat the claws and you're eating crab so you can get more crabs. Yeah, yeah, that's not fair. You got you have else. to eat it all because then you have you share with everybody. If you don't want to eat the crust, get your own personal pizza so it doesn't affect anybody else. Yeah, for sure. That's it's ridiculous. I eat three, You're selfish. I you eat, are selfish. I eat three slices guaranteed. Yeah. And then at times like I'll go for four. And depending on how thin it is, I'll go for fifth. <laughs> if it's really thin, if it's like a coal fire pizza, uh-huh. that's really thin pizza, uh-huh. I'll eat a whole one of those. Yeah. Well, and what I like to do though is Lauren works a night shift now, and so at night if I get if I'm getting food for myself, I like to get like a whole large pizza and eat a few slices, have a few slices for for Lauren when she comes home from work, and then I can have some for lunch too. Yeah. I do Chinese that way. I yeah. eat half my Chinese cuz it's a great lunch for next. Oh, time. I love leftover Chinese. <laughs> it's good. It's it might be better than the first time. <laughs> it, it might be a food that and only over time it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not the only food like that. There are other foods like that. Like what? Dry aged steaks. <laughs> <laughs> like things that actually said, but like I'm talking about something you make and you eat it that at that moment and then you wait for the leftovers and pizza's kind of that way. Yeah, pizza. So pizza can be good that for those leftovers. You know what's got I like I like even just like the next day grabbing even a cold slice of pizza. Yeah, I will do that sometimes. Oh, that's great. Yeah, my my stomach needs it right now and I can't wait for it to be toasted. <laughs> yeah. so I'm not going to microwave it at this point. I'm an yeah. adult. <laughs> as as a child I microwaved it cuz like, I don't have time to wait for this. But now I put it in the toaster oven and that's yes. is great. Oh yeah. Did you see um I know you did, but uh, I don't know if everyone saw. Did you see uh, what's uh, Rick Warren's church saddleback? Oh, baby! They, or- they ordained three pastors, and they are part of the like. The, sub- they didn't just ordain three pastors. Three, I yeah. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you left out a they, very key word. Three women pastors, yes. which is the first time they've done that. They are Southern Baptists, right? That's a no-no. That's a Southern huge Baptist. no-no. Yeah, that's like they're going against. It's not just like it's part of their like beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's like this is a core tenet of our beliefs mm-hmm. that they're going against. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what's going to happen. Are they yeah. getting kicked out? So uh, it's, yeah, who knows? And it's but Rick if you're, Warren, if you're though, Rick Warren, it's Saddleback. That's a huge church. Yeah, and if you're Rick Warren, it's like, what do I care? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, get, what no, is their own thing? Nothing changes for our <laughs> church. Um, but uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, maybe newer listeners, we fully support women pastors. Yeah, we are both pastors in the Church of the Nazarene, and the Church of the Nazarene fully supports women pastors from the, um, from day one. Yeah, started in 1908. And they they've been ordaining women since nineteen oh eight. Nineteen oh eight. So it's it's really we are definitely like yeah we need more women in ministry. We also know that um, that in the evangelical world denominations we are part of the minority in that. Here's here's what I've been learning. There are people that are super vocally against it, mm-hmm. but I think they're smaller than we think in our sphere for sure. But like You're maybe about not in our generation. Our generation for sure. Yeah, small. definitely. Our um, I sure there's people that are more that are more Southern Baptists or in the South that are. But what I found is most people I talk to are like, yeah, it's fine. Like I never thought of it, and sure, I don't care. Yeah. Um, and then they'll but they'll ask like, well, then what can you explain these verses? We've done whole right. things on this, so like, and I guarantee we'll get an email about this. Mm-hmm. We normally do, and it's not like a hey, why? It's like hey, I'm trying to. We've gotten the most emails we've gotten mm-hmm. are. Um, Publicists, people we don't want to interview, <laughs> or <laughs> that more more Kevin Sorbo interviews, <laughs> or um, we the 
from listeners, it's always a question on women pastors. And it's not like, a, I can't believe you believe this. It's like, hey, I'm still working through this. Can help you explain it? Can you yeah. help me understand? Because I know. Um, so you can go back, listen, or send us an email. We'll explain it to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I truly believe most, we're going to see it in the next 50 years. Mm-hmm. Most churches are going to come around to, to this. Yeah. I, it's going to be hard not to at this point. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's it's anyone changing truth we would say, we wouldn't say is anyone changing the truth for culture. It's it's us finally catching up to yeah. the truth of what Jesus uh, talked because Jesus is is he did more for women in society than any other sort. He's the first one early early on that gave any value to women. Yeah. So like going he, all the way back to the woman at the well. Yeah. Right. Like, so I mean the first people that saw I mean give you a million things but the first who were the first two people that saw Jesus yeah, women. resurrected women. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there was, there was um, d- deacons and other, other and pastors that we, we believe they're pastors. Other people would argue they're not yeah. that did house churches that were women. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, it's just examples. There so are a examples. lot of examples, which is, which is really cool to go back and see. But for the Southern Baptist church, this is like a huge deal. And uh, and we don't agree with with the theology yeah, of the J D Greer, who I don't I I saw a study from him. he was he spoke out against it. He's the president of the Southern Baptist Church. Yeah, so he's or, or the Southern so, was it Southern Baptist Church or Southern Baptist Southern Baptist Convention? Yeah, whatever the difference is. Yeah, uh, so this is what he said. I have the direct quote yeah. from him um, about Saddleback. While I have long respected Saddleback's ministry impact and heart for getting the gospel to the nations, I disagree with their decision to take this step and would even say I find it disappointing. As Pastor James Merritt noted, we can both one we can we can affirm both one that God calls men and women to vital ministry in the church, and two that God's word clearly reserves the office of pastor, elder, overseer for qualified men. Now I think. Doesn't that doesn't that just that part sound so silly? Yeah, it that does. like doesn't it like it does. yeah we believe that hey I mean Acts says men and women will prophesy but uh you to hold this title you have to be a male mm-hmm. it's like get, come on For qualified dude. men and uh, you know and I I do think that it is important to know obviously you everybody knows where we stand on this issue so it is very hard for us to try to defend anything in regards to this but most Christians I sh- well I don't know about most I would. Yeah, I think I would go with most. Most Christians who hold this view, who are sensible people, don't think that it's because men are better than women, but they think that men and women are designed in certain ways, personality traits, qualifications, whatever word you want to use for it, that uh, they are better suited to be more impactful in certain areas. Mm -hmm. And for the pastor position, it's men. And women are better suited in other areas. I don't agree with that. Yeah, like only children's ministry. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, I don't agree with that. But that's their heart is not men are better than women, but they're suited for different tasks. And that task and happens to be lead pastor. <laughs> like I agree with you. I, I'm I'm the older I get, the less patience I have for people with that view. <laughs> Does yeah, that make sense. Yeah, like. It's just so, oh man, it's so outdated at this point. You know what I think it's going to be? It's going to be just like slavery. Mm-hmm. Long time ago, because you can find verses that also say yeah. from the same person who said, uh, from Peter, saying how how you should treat your slaves. Paul talked about how to treat your slaves. So like, 
back in the day, people would have those arguments. Well, I mean, it does say in the Bible about slavery. Now we look back, oh, that's so silly. That's going to happen 50 years. Mm-hmm. I just hope that people catch up. Yeah. <laughs> that's my, yeah. I'm losing patience for yeah. it. And it's nice to know that that our denomination and you and I, I mean, since I have been able to form my own thoughts on theology as as an adult, like I don't, I didn't have any opinion about this when we were kids going to church. Yeah, right. But like as an adult, this has always been our belief, mm-hmm. and it's because of the church and the denomination that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's nice to be like, yeah, I've always supported women pastors, and I right now my staff is uh, my paid staff at, at City on the Hill is myself and two part time women. Women who are well, one is not a woman. Uh, I'm not I'm sorry. What? One, is, one is not That's a older. pastor. <laughs> um, but uh, I have one part-time ordained woman who is a pastor, and then a volunteer who is in the process of getting her district license as a pastor. Mm-hmm. So like, it's cool to be like, man, women. And, and when and when you work with women who are pastors, we had Lene who was on uh, a, a while ago who used to work at City on the Hill. Now she's moved on to different things. Um, she is a, a phenomenal pastor. And it's like when you see women in ministry do the things that they can do, it's like I don't know how you can look at somebody like that and be like, nope, sorry, you're disqualified because you're a woman. And what the silliest thing is, and then let's move on because we don't really, we, I don't, I'm going to um, piss people off if we talk about too much. <laughs> Most churches, they they just give their women the director title instead of pastor. The and, same they do, and they do the exact same thing. They just are saying, it's not, well, God didn't call you right. to be the pastor because he can't. So instead, you're the children's director. And it's they're doing the exact same thing, you idiots. So... <laughs> Stop dancing around it. Yeah. It's it's you can still believe in the Bible and the believe it's truth and still hold an opinion that women can be pastors. Yeah. It's it is possible. It's not going against your beliefs. And number one, our foundation is on Jesus, anyways. Mm-hmm. And some and those things are more extra. But I believe you can find it in scripture multiple times. It's not just I can get around the verses. Yeah. It's I can find other verses that say that women should be pastors and other examples of women but in yeah. leadership doing pastoral things. I, there's examples of women talking when when Paul would send letters to churches. They wouldn't just send it and say whoever was the messenger would go in front of the church and read it like yeah. it's a sermon. And sometimes he sent women to do that, yeah. and so they would read it in front of church. So yeah. like, there's I can give you some examples of that. The best the best verse that we always reference is Acts chapter two, where where it talks about at Pentecost, men and women go and preach the good news. Yeah, like that's that's what we always go back to. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I said, you can go back and listen to our, our previous podcasts about about our views on on women pastor and the and the scripture to support that. But yeah, you made a really good point about I, that always drives me crazy. People who do everything that a pastor, women who do everything that a pastor does, but they're director. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not sure if your church will affirm women pastors or not, go to the website, go to the staff page, and yeah. tell me if you see any women that are called a pastor. If you only see directors, because they will not affirm them. Yeah. And most likely, the church you're going to mm-hmm. is doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that just is what it is. And and my guess is, depending on how old the pastor is, most pastors that are our age are not for that. Mm-hmm. They just are in part of a network. Mm-hmm. Or denomination that makes it that way, mm-hmm. and it just kind of is what it is. So that's a whole different ballgame. So don't necessarily get mad at your pastor about that. It's most most likely not their fault. Yeah. Um, but something you should think about. I wouldn't go to a church that won't allow women to be pastors. I wouldn't either. Um, but I'm also um, a lead pastor. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, it's not a problem. <laughs> so I'm not planning on going anywhere else. <laughs> um, Shane, how yeah. I have a question for you. Uh huh. Um, okay, go ahead and ask it. 
I am right now. <laughs> How many friends would you say you have? Oh, oh, you can't give a number. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Here's the thing. I love friends. <laughs> and I I mean, in our friend group, like we have obviously you have like your core group of friends. All right, give me your breakdown of friends. Like you have your names? Do you want names? No, I don't want names. No one cares about <laughs> How names. Many names do you want me to give no. you? Like you have like a core group. Oh yeah. You yeah. Have like I would say I would say the core group is the closest group. Um and that's probably like I would say about eight eight to ten maybe. In my course, so it was that little. I'm talking about core. I know, like I people know. who I talk to pretty much throughout every week. Yeah, um, I, I I would say probably about eight to ten. Um, but then uh, and then outside of that would be you have best friends. Best friends. Who are your best friends? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that because I'm one of them, and you don't want to say in front I of don't me. Do that. <laughs> best two friends, best friends. Best friends, core friends, and then uh, friends. And then I would say kind of like a crowd or acquaintances, I guess, beyond that. Okay. Well, how would how, you break okay, it? Okay. How do you define how – do, how do you move someone from friend to not friend? I'm not that you're actually moving, but like – Friend to not friend? No, like like there are people that like I know, but I wouldn't consider them friends, right? Uh-huh. But then there are people that I know and I see – but I don't necessarily hang them outside of like church maybe or certain, certain situations, but I consider them a friend. Yeah. I would – but I wouldn't think about calling them. So, like, how do you def- determine that? Yeah. How do you determine who are those people that's like, like I'm part of a board that I know the people I'm very friendly with. If I saw them somewhere, I would say hi. Mm-hmm. But I don't consider them my friends. Yeah. But then there's people at church that I see that I would consider friends that I never hang out with outside of church. Yeah. I would, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that just happens naturally. And it also depends on whether or not you like the person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think if you like a person, then you're like, yeah, they're my friend. Yeah. If you're like, if you don't really like them that much, but you are around them, then you don't really consider them your friend. Isn't it fun when, um, as in our roles, because you're more of a people person than I am. I do like to hang out with people, right? But you're more of it than me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I like it when people start coming to church, and it's like, and I try to connect mainly with it. Like, if I can, I'll go out and hang out with like the guy. Um, well, Wednesdays are kind of my day to do that. Um, so every Wednesday, I normally go out with another 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 guy that I just kind of church. Wanna, yeah, that I just want to hang out with anyways. Yeah. Excuse for me to hang out. And Erica's gone, so like, hey, it's a great chance. And it's for considered me. work. It's considered work, but sometimes, but sometimes, and sometimes it feels like work, and sometimes it's like this ain't work. Well, and here's the thing though: doesn't mean if it's just because something's fun doesn't mean it's not. work. I know because there's like I actually look forward to Wednesdays to do yeah. it because I'm like, oh, I get to hang out with somebody. Yeah, <laughs> get to I go play some more fun. We have a church softball team. Yeah. I love playing on it every Thursday. Just because I really enjoy it doesn't yeah. mean it's not work. And there are times where I will meet with with people that I would consider a friend, but it's like, it's not that I'm not looking forward to it. It's just not as it's it's different. It's like. Yeah. It does feel more like I'm trying to be intentional about whatever. There's other people that's like, yeah, I guess they go to our church, but I'm just hanging out because I want to hang out. <laughs> like, right, right, right. Like there is my friend. So yeah. like, um, and there is, mm-hmm. and sometimes that shifts. Sometimes it changes and someone that wasn't becomes that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's well, weird. and here's the weird part about being a pastor too, um, is that there are people who, and we've I've said this before, but there are people who look at us uh, as their pastor and they feel closer to us than we may feel to them. Yeah, because you're their only lead pastor, mm-hmm. but there are there's you know 
depending on how many people come to your church, you know, it could be hundreds of people yeah. that that are in your church. And it doesn't mean that you don't like the person, but it's it's a different sort of relationship and sometimes may think that they are closer to you than you feel that you are to them as their pastor. Or it's just the role, right? Like yeah. I have a mentor that same you're, you're yeah. same guy as you, a guy named Ken, who I probably look at our relationship differently than he does. Yeah. He's the only one I meet with that I feel like I'm just talking to him and he's mentoring me. Yep. He does that with many people. Yeah. So when he doesn't look at me the same way as I look at him, and I'm completely fine with that. Yeah. And the same thing would go with people that are meeting with right. us on a consistent basis to be their pastor. Like I meet with many people, they're probably only meet with me. Mm-hmm. Um, even Lauren, who's on staff with us, was said today, like to me that something that I don't always think about, and I'm not saying this in an arrogant way at all, because the same would apply to you or any other pastor, but. We there's more of an impact that we have on people than we think. Like she was saying, how she was doing somebody's wedding, and they were going through the photo album and sent them the final at the wedding that I officiated. And there was a moment where I prayed with the couple before the wedding, and it wasn't included in the thing. She said, "Hey, that's my favorite picture. Can we include that?" Mm-hmm. And it's people that I like I consider friends, but I never really hang with outside of church. That. I mean more to them than I even knew. Yeah. And they would never express it to me. But like just something like that. And that happens with you and every pastor is like that relationship right. means more than you would ever you just think, oh, I'm just kind of I yeah. see him on Sundays. But but let's talk beyond pastors because most people listening to this probably aren't a pastor. So like even just in the, we're both in our mid thirties now. You you're a little older than me. And uh and the older that that you get the more common it is to be like, okay, I'm not making new friends at this point. I think that you and I are a little bit different partly because of our job and also because of the our personalities and the family that we grew up in is a very outgoing family. Like I love making new friends and yes, I still I know, want it's to annoying make actually. New yeah, see, our friend group, our, our core friend group gets mad at both of us, mm-hmm. but more so me for bringing new people around all the time because they're like, oh, I don't we don't need new people. Then I got to talk yeah. to them and stuff like that. And it, to me, I get excited and be like, "Oh, maybe this person can be a new part of my closest friend group." <laughs> and I want to get to know them more and and it's fun to me. I enjoy that. How many people if you did a wedding right now, money was not an issue? <laughs> Just your side, not Lauren's side. Hmm. How many people do you think you, if money's no issue, the place is as big as you want it to be, and you say, wow. invite as many people as you want, as many friends as you want to invite, or people that you would, how many people do you think you would invite? Just your side. Jeez, that's really hard. Because 200, it, just your side? 300, just your side? I mean, we had 200 at our wedding. Over no, 200. just your side. I know. So, Three. Think about three hundred people. Because family. Let's say family's fifty. Mm-hmm. May, maybe it's a little more. Maybe it's less. Because close friends, uncles. Let's say it's seventy-five. Okay. So we're not even. Let's not even include any of them. Just outside your family or people that you have to invite. Yeah. Like like maybe former pastors or whatever. You're just inviting friends at this point. So a hundred people are probably just people you have to invite or friends. Yeah. Fam- or friends. So then beyond. I'm that, sorry. Or family. Uh, I would. I mean, it, it had to be a few hundred for sure. You would invite 200 people that are just your friends. I think. I don't know. I That's mean, it's so hard to people. know. It's so hard to know. That's because like people. I'm also a sort, sort of person who I don't ever want anyone to feel You'll, like they're You want to include out. everybody. You're an includer. I'm, I'm an includer. I want everyone to come. And, and I would also be like, oh, no, I don't want this person to feel bad, right? Every so. friend group has an includer, and every friend group hates the includer. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> because they're like, well, we don't need anybody else here. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> Dang. See, I, and this is the way I look at it as the includer. 
I love our friends. I love our friend group. And I think that other people could benefit from being friends with my friends because I think my friends are awesome. Yeah, but then what happens when you try to include them and you can just tell it doesn't mesh, which happens. That does happen. And then, then you learn. It's, and then it's, it's like, on you, though. Then everyone looks at you. And it's like, and the, the the friend group that you already have looks at you and goes, "Why are you bringing this person? He hasn't. We don't. We don't need anybody else." And then the new person be like, "Why would you put me in an awkward situation where I need well, to meet on, all these new people?" Like, I'm not, telling you, they want to tell you this. They're not telling you. I'm part of that friend group. Let me tell you, it's not like I'm gonna continue to force something. Yeah, right? but that one situation's awkward now. One situation, get over it. You're old. We're so we're getting to an age where it's hard enough to see our friends. Let alone now we see our friends that we have an awkward forced time because one includer has to include somebody that doesn't even want to come. Listen, the world doesn't revolve around you and maybe this person needs a friend. Maybe this oh, person gosh, needs what an, inc- what an includer thing to say. And maybe we can all get off our high horse for one one You're outing. hanging out with your Eight to ten core friends, and you got to bring somebody that's way in the outer sphere of that core friendship to come, just because you you don't you're because trying they to could make potentially it seem like, be no, in that it could now be nine, it, to, nine to eleven. No, see, you're trying to make it seem like you're being selfless about it. You're not. It's a selfish thing. You're what? doing. How's that selfish? Because <laughs> I mean, let me explain. <laughs> what you are trying to make it seem like I just want everyone to feel included and all that stuff. No, no, no. You are trying to fulfill a need of your own. To what? bring other people in to make, because you want more people in those core friends. I think you only have eight to 10 and you would like it to be 15. So you're trying to force more people to be in that friendship. And now you're forcing other people to now have to deal with it because of you. You're being selfish. You're not being selfless. This is unbelievable. You're being selfish about <laughs> this it. This is unbelievable. Because now we all got to. Topper, one time it snowed and Topper lived with us <laughs> and you lived down the street and it snowed. We were like snowed in. It was like. At yeah. least three days we weren't leaving, yeah. and I was excited. It was a big, and snow. you were excited, and Topper was not as, as excited. <laughs> had to be stuck. So like, hey, we could just hang out. We could do whatever we want. So us three were there, and then we're watching something football. And, and you were like, and you were like, uh, I invited my neighbor across the street to come over, so he might come over. We're like, why? Us three don't hang out that much, and we're stuck. He here. lived with you, and now, and now we gotta deal. We gotta make small talk. Uh, so what do you do for a living? You gotta make small talk with somebody because you felt like they had to be included. It, it had it made us suffer because of it. I mean, he didn't come. Thank God. And I never met him. Thank God. First off, guess what? <laughs> every every core friendship starts off that way. So how do you know that this person isn't going to be an important person in your life at, at after all of this? You don't know that, right? So every person is a potential best friend. You don't know that. Gosh, that's such a that's such a seven thing to say. And also, <laughs> and also. In this particular example, we were snowed in, and I was shoveling the sidewalks, and I met the guy across the street, and I was talking to him because he was shoveling his sidewalks. He was about the same age, around the same age. I don't know exactly how old he was. I didn't ask him his age, but he looked about the same age. And I was saying, "Oh, there's football games on tonight. What do you are you do you like football? Yeah, yeah, I love football. I was like, "Oh, what are you doing? Uh, I live at home. Uh, my roommate is out. He's got snowed in with his girlfriend, so I'm just here by myself." And I said, "Hey, if you want to, uh, we're gonna watch some football tonight. If you want to come over, hang out, watch some football. Is that is that such a crime, Eric? Yes, because here's why. Did the guy come? No, he didn't come. No, so he had to make an awkward. Yeah, maybe. Even though he didn't want to, he wanted to be by himself. And Topper I, I and I." Know that. Topper and I came over not thinking anyone else is coming. We thought it was us. I'd be fine if you're like, hey, I'm I there's this new guy I've been hanging out with. I think we get along. Um, we're going out somewhere. Do you want to come? Then I'd come. 
cool. But if we're already doing stuff with our core friends that we don't see that much or our group of friends that we don't see that much, Golly. and now you're including someone that's like, oh, hey, by the way, we're br- I'm bringing this guy. We can't say no because then we look like jerks. But now we have to deal with – like I'm not that great at small talk. Now, here's- I'm not that – what, you're a pastor. You can do small talk. What are you talking about? But some of our other friends can't. So now they got to do. <laughs> so, so now not only are you belittling myself and the new potential best I friend I that I can meet, now you're belittling our friend group. Who and saying, I, they can't do I small talk. That, all right, ask. All right, I want you after this <laughs> to text some of them. I'll put it. I'll do a group text with our core friends. I know what and they're going to say. I know okay, what they're going to say because so, they've said it to me before. So if you know that, then why do you feel like you still need to be? You still need to bring people to include because I don't care. See, selfish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you proved my no, point. No, no, no. Because no. <laughs> I don't care that they don't want me to do that. I know that we're always still going to be friends, and potentially someone else could come in and be a close friend. Here's a good example. Here's a good example. Okay. Jonas, who listens to this podcast, who's part of our church, I didn't meet him till I started City on a Hill, and mm-hmm. he was there the first week. I got to meet him. His, him and his wife, Christina, went out with Lauren and myself, and we had a great time. We had a good, and I was like, hey, and I invited him to come and hang out. Now he's a part of our core friend group. He went to Topper's bachelor party. He had a great time. He fits in with our friend group. Everybody likes him. Boom, new best friend for everybody that I provided. Okay. That, Great. That that was first off, we all you didn't just bring him to a group. He was he would be at your Christmas party. That's fine because there's a lot of people there. You can kind of interact with whoever you want. You would bring him to other things, a lot of people. He's at church, so he sees some of some of the core friends there. So over time other people got to know him, and then it wasn't just you bringing somebody. I'm talking about you bringing a rando into our group. <laughs> First off, how many times does that happen? As, I feel like you want it to happen all the time. It's just you can't always get it done. <laughs> well, COVID has really put a damper. <laughs> but anyways, go ahead. here's the other thing too. I know that most people are going listening to this are going to be like, yeah, that sounds terrible. I understand that. I know that most people in their <laughs> 30s are like, I don't want to meet anybody else. And here's what I have to say. Get over yourself and make new friends. No. Make, make new friends. It's good for everybody. It's good. It's good for society. We should be making more new friends. We should be loving on more people. And there are people out there who need friends. Eric Littlejohn, right? <laughs> Eric Littlejohn, who's been on the podcast, a good friend of ours. He wasn't a part of our core friend group. And then we started to invite him around. And guess what? Now he was in my wedding. Here's the thing. Love him. Here's Love the thing. him. You're you're talking. And we met Ricarlo because of Eric Littlejohn, who's another one of our core friends. Okay. Love him. For his wedding Saturday. Okay. Listen, we're we we will maybe get to the article we're trying to get to. <laughs> but I'm having I have too many things I need to argue with you about. You are talking about examples of when we were in our twenties. In fact, studies Jonas show wasn't- studies. Okay, the one you just said a couple more. The studies show Dunbar agrees, uh, the guy who who we're going to talk about. He did a study a long time ago that's the core thing of uh, when it comes to making friends, that uh, when you're little kids, making friends and your friends are pretty low, but it tends to peak around your late teens and early 20s. That's the yeah. prime time of you making friends. And then it settles around in your 30s. Right. So it, he believes it settles in about 150 is the average, is what he would say. Um, there's an article that disputes that, which we'll talk about. And then it starts to decline in your 60s and 70s because people die. You also have a job... Uh-huh. 
that makes it very easy to make friends. Most people don't. Most people just have a job and they have their coworkers and it's always those coworkers, right? You, there's always new, more pe- different people coming to church. There's always new people coming to church. They want that relationship. So you're taking that I don't idea... Know if it necessarily makes it easy to become friends because not everybody wants to be friends with a pastor. I know, but you're always... Like it's not weird for you as a pastor to be like, hey, you want to go yeah. go get coffee? Like that's not weird for you. Where it's it's for other people, it's they are already working so much, they are barely see their family, their kids enough. The so let alone they only people. have so much time to see right. the friends that they do have. Let alone make any new ones, right. right? So so our experience is different than most people's experience. Yeah. So yeah, there there's that time period where you make and most of our close friends. Like ninety five percent of our closest friends, or even that group on the outside of that, because we have the same friend group, is from the twenties. It's from our twenties. Yeah. There's Jonas. There's a couple of random people here and there, but from when I met in college, and now I'm in my thirties. Like that's just the friends I have. I have other ones that, but I don't need to bring them into that core unless they really want to. But I don't need to because it's going to be weird for the core. It's going to be weird for that guy who's trying to become part of it. Doesn't have to be weird. No, you see, it, it was weird for the neighbor that never came. It wasn't weird. We had a great conversation, and I said hi to him. And then, and then when you, both of us uh, moved, you he texted it. me. He texted me. Okay, have you gone out and got a drink with him? Have you gone out and no, got coffee? No, because we moved. <laughs> Where did he move? Out of state? No, but he moved far away. Okay, did he? Did you? Okay, then did you ever do that? Did I ever did do move? what? Go out with him. Hang out with him. No, I'm saying he moved. Okay, when did he move after the snowstorm? Right after the next pretty, week. Pretty soon, yeah. Not the next week, but it was pretty soon. But you never, never hung out with him. Can you get off of my neighbor? <laughs> 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 All right, let's get to this article. Okay. We've already been talking for 37 minutes, and we haven't gotten to our core thing. Um, so stu- there's a new study that says you can have more friends than you think. So this, you're gonna Great. love this. <laughs> you're gonna love this. Woo! How many friends can one can one person have? More than we think, according to a new study. Yeah, Eric. 1993, uh, Robin Dunbar conducted a study to figure out how many meaningful friendships one Sounds person can smart. have. That number. That's in. This is in 1993. Uh-huh. Pre social media, pre a lot of that stuff, right? And the number they put was about 150. Um, it's some can have one as little as 100. Some can have as much as 200 like friend friends um they i'm sure there's a way that they define friends i don't see in this article um and that has been accepted as wisdom ever since until now um there's a new paper from a team of stockholm university found that people are actually capable of maintaining way more than 150 friendships yeah if, if they put in the effort i do it turns out friendship is a skill not an inherent trait You've got to teach yourself how to be a good friend. It's like working out, baking, or bowling. As you get better at it, you become more and more capable of handling more and more friendships. So now you're going to start saying <laughs> that you're an expert. <laughs> Please. I'm flattered. <laughs> Thank you. This is the nicest. I'm not saying it. This is the nicest thing you've ever said about me. <laughs> Oh, man. As Johan Lind, an author of the study and associate professor at Stockholm, told the New York Times, we can learn thousands of digits of pi, and if we engage with lots of people, then we will become better at having relationships with lots of people. Lind and his team found no real limit to the actual number of friends one person can have. That's right. But their work is is criticized, especially by one person. Who do you think that person was? They criticized it. Robert Dunbar. 
Dr. Dunbar himself. Golly, what a downer. He called the new paper bunkers <laughs> and said Lynn and his team didn't account for the practical nuances of human friendships. He says, meaningful relationships, in quotes, a term he defined as someone you wouldn't feel awkward about greeting at an airport lounge. That's how he would describe a meaningful relationship. Oh, I got a lot of those. Has a nest. Oh, you know what? Sometimes I'll see people I know at the grocery store. That if I get close up, I'll say hi. If I see him from a distance, I I avoid him. I mean, everybody has done that. No, 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 you wouldn't. It's people that are that I should go say hi to. <laughs> They're like, ah, I don't feel like talking to them. So I'll turn down an aisle. <laughs> I don't see him. Man, what a screw. Um, has a necessary has a necessary limitation just given how much time and energy we all have. For most people, Dunbar says numbers between 150 and 250 people, with the average being 150. Um, Dunbar does agree that the people's numbers expand over time, though. We talked about the ages. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole thing is it might not makes it might be a little outdated mm-hmm. with social media because but then the argument could be well are social media relationships real? are they are you are they actually your friends so that's i bet the new york the newer study says that they are mm-hmm. when um the bar would say they're not and i don't i might say they're not i don't know uh new york times also spoke to elise barrett a psychologist a psychology professor at the University of Lethbridge in Canada. She said the new research was interesting, but cautioned against trying to put math on relationships. Human life is really complicated, she said. Some people are naturally extroverted and thrive with lots of friends. That's true. Some people are content with just a few close relationships. You don't need to judge yourself. Mm. Um, but the, the thing that I found interesting in this last paragraph... But one thing all researchers agree on, friendships are more important than society tends to think. While we tend to put great value on marriage and family, many experts say we undervalue just how important friendships are. (laughs) You're shaking your head like this. (laughs) Just how important friendships are as a real building block to society. However many many (laughs) friendships you have, cultivating them is a key part of being a healthy adult. So, <laughs> it doesn't Eric this doesn't go against share this this article. doesn't go against any of my arguments it literally supports me and everything it praises me and no, my it personality doesn't. it says that I am healthy I am contributing to society mm-hmm. and that you, everybody else could learn a thing or two by making more friends and cultivating friendships see you're good at making more friends mm-hmm. but Maybe at times, okay. You're not cultivating the friendships you have because you're forcing what? relationships. Who? Name one. Name one. <laughs> you're forcing, Name one. You're forcing relationships on them that they don't want. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Think about it. No, uh-uh. you can have as many friends as you want, Shane. I'm sure you have a lot of friends. Eric, you just got done reading this whole article talking about how I'm on Dunbar's side. You uh, only have. Oh yeah, he probably. Believes that women shouldn't be passive either. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you just got done reading this whole article talking about how we have more friends than we think and that we should continue to make more friendships because it's a healthy thing. It's a skill that we can develop. And people who do that are exercising healthy patterns in their life. Now, the skill is not making new friends. The skill is being a good friend. And that's yeah. the difference. Yep, you know what? That is a good that's a that's, good thing to point out. <laughs> that is a big difference. You should be a good friend to people. And when you're always forcing That's not forcing friendships on other friends. Because this is where emotional intelligence comes in. Exactly. Because you you do have to be able to read the room. And sometimes like 
You there are plenty of times where I'll go up and talk to somebody and I'll be like, this person doesn't want to talk to me, and that's totally fine. Now I'm gonna move on to the next the next best friend that I can make. <laughs> um I do think one thing that if you're especially if you're listening, you would and I don't think of I'm sure people have been thinking about their number of friends that they would say they have. Yeah. I know people that like don't have a lot of friends. Yeah. And at this point, sometimes it might even like I don't know if it's necessarily because they're they're awkward or weird because like we have Lil John's a weirdo, but he's like one of my closest <laughs> friends. He'll never hear this. So like just because you're you have quirks doesn't mean you can't make friends. Anyone can make friends. Yeah, but it's a it's a skill that you need to learn. And if you're unable to have and make friends, mm-hmm. it might be because you're not very healthy version of yourself. Yeah. You have to like. The best thing for Erica and I's relationship is for me to hang out with friends, oh, my friends, yeah. and for her to hang out with her friends because I need it. There's time, my friends don't care if I fart, <laughs> like Gosh. she does. Like there's things that I just there's there's different yeah. ways to interact with them that I need it. I right. need to hang out with those people, and everyone needs that. And if you can't, if you don't, would if you say you don't really have those people, you're not hanging out with them. Mm-hmm. Then maybe because you're not your healthiest version. I would also studies um, would say you're not your healthiest yeah. version. I would also say as an expert friend maker, I would Gosh. also. Say- <laughs> Also say that uh, for the because there are a lot of people who don't have a lot of friends like you said and maybe struggle with that and it, and it can be a difficult thing um, and th- one thing that I think is very important is intentionally investing in a relationship. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't do that and and think that well people just need to come and be my friend. Yeah, and it takes work. Like it takes it takes effort, and it mm-hmm. takes intentionally. Because there are there are friends that we have who where I'm like, you know what? The only time if I ever hear from them is if I contact them. Yeah, and you know that, and I know that. So they're not part of your core. No, they're not part of the core. But I still consider them a friend, mm-hmm. and that's and that's okay. But like, if you feel like, man, I just don't really have a lot of people in my life, I would challenge you too to try to step out a little bit. And I know that. There's social anxiety. I would know there's personality yeah. issues that can be involved in all of that. Um, and it doesn't mean that you got to go out and make friends with everybody that you see. But maybe putting yourself in a situation where you say, this person has similar interests as me, and I would be interested in maybe spending some time with them. All right. Let's do this, Text Shane. Them. Someone that's listening right now that isn't that great at, doesn't have a ton of friends and wants to make more friends. This yeah. is like, I love you, man. Right? That's, uh-huh. that's yeah, the premise yeah. of it. Um Give them a how to make friends breakdown here. It's this is a TED, this is a Shane TED talk right okay. now of here's how you make friends by is Shane it, is, Valentine. Is this somebody you have any background with or just a brand new person you meet? I mean, he's not like a stranger. You're not like you're not like picking up chicks. No, like is it like in maybe a friend group? Maybe um let's say it's either a coworker that you you find yourself getting along with. Or, or how whatever. about how about you go to like a some sort of a party where there's people there, some people that you know and other people that you don't know that well, but you know who they are. It's a per okay, yeah. You know of them, you you both know each other's names. And you feel like you have common interest, mm-hmm. and you would like to take the friendship further. <laughs> <laughs> take the friendship to the next yeah. level. So, how to make friends? Here, Go. there are some very important things. First thing is this: don't all don't only talk about yourself. Oh my gosh, that's the biggest one for me. It's huge. Yeah, but also 
don't not talk about yourself. Oh gosh, <laughs> what do I do then? <laughs> you got because it's what I'm trying to say. Don't monopolize a conversation. Uh-huh. If you go up and and you want to form a friendship with somebody, then you can't go in there and just say, "I'm just going to tell them all about me." No, you got to go in there and ask them questions mm-hmm. more so than just, "What do you do for a living?" You know, but like, but and that's then, an easy way to start. That's an easy way to start, right? I'm not saying to not do that, but don't only do that. You go up somebody, and maybe you were introduced to them, whatever it may be, and then you just ask them about themselves. Uh, Give what, me some examples, Shane. Okay, hey, what do you find out what their interests are? So yeah. maybe, we'll, and you can start with something you're interested in. Yeah. It could be football for me, right? That's always a, a quick one. Sports. That's yeah. always easy to talk to somebody about sports for me. But if somebody doesn't like sports, then you then maybe you talk to them about the what they're watching on Netflix. Maybe yeah, their latest show. What are you guys watching? Right yeah, well, something like that. Maybe it's a video game. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe maybe it's uh, uh, food. Mm-hmm. What where maybe uh, if you're at a restaurant or something like that, ask them about their food. Do they like it? If they do like it, what do they like about it? What don't they like about it? Yeah. All those sort of things. And then it can go to like. What's your what's your favorite place to eat? What's your favorite whatever? And then it can even go to what's your go to grocery store. <laughs> You've asked that? Oh man, all the time. People, <laughs> people have strong opinions about grocery stores. Yep, they do. It's very true. I, if they could be a Trader Joe's person, they could be an Aldi's person, they could be a Wegman's person, they could be a Giant person. There's a, it's limited, mm-hmm. unlimited possibilities. Yeah, I go to Aldi's for most of it, and then I go to Safeway for my produce because yep. Aldi's produce sucks. Um, I one thing I ask a lot is. Uh, hey, what'd you do this pa- this last weekend? Yeah, like what'd you do the weekend? Because yeah. then they'll tell you something, and then you might they went out to a, a, a baseball game. It's like, oh, you like baseball, whatever. Then mm-hmm. you can figure out stuff. Another good thing to do is if you have a mutual friend. Oh, how do you know this person? Yeah, tell me about how you guys met. As or if they're if it's like a couple, like a dating or married couple, I love to hear their stories about how they got together. Because yeah. and that is an easy way to get somebody to talk. Because they'll they'll tell you their story, and it's mm-hmm. normally pretty interesting. And then, but asking them questions as they're telling the story about their story. Don't interject with, "Oh yeah, well this happened to me." Like, yep. if somebody's telling you their story, say, "Well, hold on, what did you think about this when that happened?" You know, and and make eye contact while you're doing yep. it. Don't pull out your phone. Don't pull out your phone. I hate that. I have people that will like kind of look at their phone, and, they're, and they might even hear me, but it's like mm-hmm. your show, your body language is telling me you don't really care what I'm yep. saying. Um, okay, so what after you do that, what's next? How else do you make friends? And then uh, it, once you find a common interest with them, mm-hmm. where for example, somebody likes baseball, then then and we're talking about the Orioles or whatever, maybe maybe another team. And then after that, if you become friends with them on social medias, after that night, maybe Facebook or, get or, their, or get Instagram, their phone number, or you can get their phone number, get or you can say something like, "Hey, why don't we go to a baseball game together? That'd be fun. We can go get a hot dog, have a good time watching baseball together. Finding that common interest and then going from there. And if you don't want to, if you don't want it to seem like a one-on-one sort of a thing. You invite them in a group setting as long as your friends aren't jerks like me. <laughs> or just invite them with like another friend. Yeah. That and the other friend knows. That always makes it a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. So I'll do that. So I'll I'll like be like I'll just find out their number or whatever, be like, hey, you want to go wherever? And they're like, Yeah, yeah, sure. And then we'll go. And then um I would add to your how to um find out things that are important to them. Yeah. And then reach out to them about it. Yeah. That's always if good. you have a new job coming up, reach out to them. But like, hey, how is your job almost done? Or yeah. Or are you about to start like, how the interview go? Yeah. Because that just makes people feel like, oh, they actually care about me. That's mm-hmm. what people want to feel. Like people will be friends with other people that feel that if they feel like they are cared for. Yeah. 
if I feel like one of my friends cares about me, then I'm friends with them forever. Yeah. Whether I see them or not, I'll be friends with them forever. If they don't care about me and it's only about them, then I don't want to be friends. Yeah. So you have to show them that you care. Not just pretend, actually care. Right. That's why you ask questions. It's why you reach yeah. out about certain things. And it's also a small window for that to happen because it's when you meet somebody at whatever event, you only have so much time to uh, to to counter that and to make that friendship a little bit better or closer. Once you go, I would even say like a month, it's like then you're going to forget about each other and then it's weird to reach out at that point. But if you follow up and and pursue hanging out with that person or spending time with the, or inviting them to something, yeah. then uh, rather quickly, then th- it's more likely to... But what you can also do, I do this a lot, is if there's a person I haven't really talked to in a while, I'll just text and be like, hey, man, I haven't talked to you in a while. How's it going? Yeah. It's it's, it's a very subtle way of being like, hey, I thought about you today. But that happens with a friendship that's already established. Yeah, yeah. It's weird to do that with somebody that you just met and then like two months later, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, yeah. Like you only talked to me once. Someone that (laughs) that I've only like hung out with maybe once or twice or whatever. If I know their interests, I think about them Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to cultivate that friendship, then... I will try to find something about their interest and send it to them. Yeah. Like if they like a band or something, they'll be like, hey, have you heard this song? Right. And while like I did that today with a friend that I haven't talked to in a while, mm-hmm. I was, there was a song that came on. I was like, and I thought about him. So I was like, hey, have you heard this band before? And they're like, no, I haven't. And I sent him. So then we were able to talk. Yeah. Yeah. That's all good. That's, that's, that's a little lesson <laughs> for those of you who don't know how to make friends. Yeah. On how to make friends. Yeah. Healthy friendships. Anything we missed on that? Um, also, yeah, it's it's important to not force anything. Oh, is it, Shane? And I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you were forcing your neighbor almost. On no, us. I invited him once, and he didn't come. And then I didn't invite him over to my house again. We said hi, and we talked. <laughs> oh, man. it's not it's, That isn't ridiculous. <laughs> what, have you ever had it where you start bringing someone into the more core group that everyone likes at first? And then they start to not like them, and then they blame you for it. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure, but nobody's coming to mind. Yeah, or no one's told you about it. Maybe yeah. they tell. I'll tell you afterwards. Oh gosh. Some of the people they told me. No, I'm just <laughs> but yeah, I do hate that too. And like, it's a core friend of our core friends get mad at like the new person because they're gonna blame you. Yeah. for bringing that person around. Yeah, and they might have liked it first, but I was like, come on, why is this person right here? But I think it's also important to recognize how difficult it is to come into an established core friend group. You got to show a little bit of grace. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Begrudgingly. <laughs> but my point is it's hard enough for us to hang out with our core group. So why force? I, I think we see each other pretty often. Yeah, but and we're, inten- we're intentional. And who do you think are the ones that are intentional? Yeah, the Valensteins. Yeah. Any of our friends that are listening... <laughs> Feel free, feel free to reach out to us. It's fine. <laughs> oh, gosh. Are we learning right now that nobody wants to hang out with us and they only do because they feel sorry for us? Oh, crap. Maybe. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, they could reach out to us. That's fine. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Topper. I'd love a text. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love a text. <laughs> Little John, who's not listening. Yeah. Yeah. You can reach out and see if you want to hang out, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say yes. Yeah. So, hey, come on. Um, this reminds me of a song. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's from one of our favorite movies. We can close with a song, okay? Um, it's from a movie. It's it's a childhood movie of ours. It came out in 1995. Do you, is that is that right? you know what year it came out? I think. Okay. 95 or 96. I was about 10 years old. Prime age oh. for this movie. Do you know what song it is? You think you know? Yeah, I do know. All right. Is it a cartoon? Yep. 
Okay. Right. And it was it's not nineteen ninety five. That was like ninety two or ninety three. Oh, is it earlier? Let's yeah. let's see. On the count of three, on the count of three, we're gonna start singing this song. We right. have no clue we're singing the yep. right song. And even if it's not the right song, I'm just gonna keep singing mine. Okay. Okay. Ready? Uh-huh. One, two, three. You got a friend in me. Yeah, it's the right one. You got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. You just remember what your old pal said. You got a friend in me. listening to not your mama's christian podcast make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review to support the podcast you can go to our patreon page patreon.com slash nym christian podcast music provided by the revived check them out at therevivedmusic.com stay connected with us by liking us on facebook and following us on twitter and instagram